I hope everybody's ready. We gave you a preliminary introduction to this week's episode of No Driving Gloves. Last week, by replaying our trucks episode, I think the hosts here, we've been chatting a little bit, remembering our uh, third episode and us newbies to the podcast and the podcasting world. Hopefully some things have gotten better, so I think some of the sound quality in that's gotten better, but I would have to say we were pretty good on that third episode about sound quality. I know a couple episodes later on our TNA episode, we kind of shot the pooch, but um, but we've got all yeah, three of them. I think the TNA episode was my fault, so, eh, you know. The TNA episode had about 18 different things going against it. That's the weekend I went up and visited Will at Mid-Ohio Street Ride Nationals, and I was on a business trip, and I had to go to the backup backup recording. It, it was just a nightmare. But we're going to hear all three of us. Do we have any catching up to do from the last two weeks? Any big news? Any big happenings? Or that's what I thought. I guess we'll Will, just. Well, did you did you buy it? Build a. You built like three new hot rods in that time, right? Yes, seven. Seven. I'm sorry. Yeah, we built we built seven in two weeks. Yeah. Seven in two weeks. He probably built another pool and three more buildings too. You know, this guy <laughs> just can't stop. <laughs> Derek's been on us for a couple of weeks now. If not a couple of months, you know, Derek just gets long-winded and goes and goes and goes. We know how it is. We all listen to him on the podcast. He's almost as bad as me. Wants to do a trucks episode, and I tried to put it off, and then we hit all of these interviews. I had all these interviews booked, and a lot of guys wanted on the show, and we really haven't had a good Will, Derek, and I episode. We're going to talk trucks. We kind of t- hit, hit it on it about 18 months ago, kind of how we felt the industry was going in that. Since then, Ford is eliminated cars from their lineup. GM is eliminating cars from their lineup. I'm not sure Fiat Chrysler even makes cars anymore or trucks or whatever. In preparation for the show, we did a little bit of show prep. And when I'm telling these guys, I'm looking here at a computer screen with notes on it. And I've got like nine pages of notes for pickup trucks. And when you consider General Motors makes four-ish pickup trucks. Ford makes two-ish pickup trucks. Dodge makes one pickup truck. Toyota makes one pickup truck. Oh, excuse me, two pickup trucks. And Nissan makes two pickup trucks. That's a lot of news for 10 vehicles that are available in North America. I don't think I'm leaving anybody out. Where do we want to begin, guys? What in this truck world has caught you? Tailgates, pricing, the new entries, the downsizing. Where should we go? Where should we begin? It's just, I mean, this topic's ripe for the picking. Well, I mean, I like the fact that we're seeing the introduction of small series trucks again. You know, Ford got out of it. You know, they, they got rid of the Ranger. For a long time, Chevy had gotten rid of the S-Series trucks. Uh, Dodge got rid of the Dakota basically for a while. You know, we're starting, and I mean, of all those trucks, the Ford Ranger had a huge following. I mean, I knew probably 10, 12 guys that were Ford Ranger guys, and they've been holding on to their Rangers and driving them and maintaining them because they love them. So, I mean, that, that was one of the best uh, followed small series trucks i think there ever was and it's i think it's good to see them coming back because 
in our previous episode, the third ep- ever episode and the, the reca- recast of it last week, I, well, all of us talked a lot about, brought up kind of the history of trucks and becoming family vehicles. And I really think with kind of the look forward to greener technology, and I mean, we talk about the electric announcement of electric trucks as well as we go through this episode, I'm sure. When you're looking at the greener technologies, the, you know, environmentally friendly, you know, issues that are coming up in the auto industry, you know, this small series of pickup is is going to step towards that a lot quicker than some of the full-size F-150s, you know, the Chevy Silverados, the heavy-duty trucks, um, all those. So I think it's an interesting step to bring those small series trucks back because I think it is one of the moves towards a greener fleet, a more environmentally friendly fleet of vehicles within the auto industry. I think with the new introduction to all these small trucks, maybe the mini truck scene can make a comeback. You know, I mean, not that the mini truck scene is dead because they still, you know, have a bunch of shows and a big following of bagged and bodied trucks. But it's, you know, come more of a a jacked up four wheel drive thing, especially at SEMA and shows like that. I think it'd be cool for the mini truck scene to kind of come back around. I'm I'm not a, a mini trucker by any means, but, you know, there was a lot of creative dudes that uh that come from that you know era of time where you know you couldn't afford the full-size truck but you had a some creativity and you had this little small truck and 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 you just went crazy with it so maybe it'll kind of you know five years from now when you can buy a used 2019 ranger or uh, 2020 used 2020 ranger or something like that or you can start seeing that again maybe i think john's all in for that i really would hope that happens but i think one of the appeals of the mini truck scene of the late 80s early 90s i mean you're right it's amazing to me that there's this huge contingent i'm friend or i'm not you know, i guess i follow on instagram it's like mini trucking or mini trucking scene or something and the number of trucks and fresh builds that they post every day on that, it, it's nauseating that there's that much interest in those trucks. The problem I have with the new mini trucks, and I absolutely love the segment, and I'm great, the, or I'm thankful the manufacturers are looking at it. What made the mini trucking scene great, what I, what I was saying is they were cheap. You buy an Isuzu truck for six grand brand new. You buy an S10 for eight grand when a, a car or something was, a, you know, 13 or. But now, I mean, the mini trucks, I, I stopped and looked at a new Ford Ranger and, geez, I can buy an F-150 for the same price. And it's not that much smaller. The new mini trucks aren't really mini trucks. No, I'm, they're not. I'm glad to see them downsizing. The mini trucks of today are probably the size of full size trucks of the 90s. Right. But it's good to see that happening. I love seeing the Ranger come back. Derek was talking about the following. I, I at, When I was at Barber's, I worked with a guy, and he he's dri- he gets his wife gets a new car every two years. His his two vehicles are an old, like, 2000 Ranger and a, a, a Dodge truck he inherited from his father. But he drives that Ranger every day, and it's a perfect vehicle. 
Uh, and I've said before when we talked about me getting a van, that's why I bought the Transit Connect I have, is it to me was a mini truck. And the news out of Ford that's got me excited this week is they've almost officially announced their unibody mini truck based on, I believe it's the Focus platform, which is also what the Transit Connect's based on. So I'm thinking that maybe we are actually going to get what I saw in the Transit Connect, a little mini truck that's easily tossed around. You could toss around throw a mower in. It's what people need. It's what a homeowner needs for a truck. It's garageable. It'll fit in a parking deck. It'll fit in big city parking spaces. Totally with Derek and Will. I love the fact that these smaller trucks are coming, you know, coming to the market. They're coming with, I think, a, a wanting customer base. I was amazed. Hang, hang on, hang on. I didn't say I like it. <laughs> Yeah, you did. Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, you I did. just said it would be cool to see the mini trucks come back. Okay. I said I'm not a mini trucker. All right. Okay. <laughs> so and and hey, real quick before I, I kind of see where you're going with this, I just I'd like to add that you know five, six, seven, eight years from now, whenever the mini truck scene is going to come back because history repeats itself and all that crap, but a Ranger is not going to hold the resale value of an F-150. It's, it's just, I don't see it happening. Um, a small size vehicle has always never held the value of a full size truck. So I think, no, you may not can go buy a brand new Ranger and, you know, bag it and body drop it and, you know, custom wheels and all this stuff. But, you know, a four or five year old one, you may be able to swing that as as a younger person. I don't know if when you watch what a Colorado and a Canyon does in the marketplace, I, I'll agree with you a little bit there, Will. They're they're probably not holding their value as well, but they're still significantly expensive vehicles compared to before. But then again, I guess I'm sitting here as forty seven year old me, and I you know I still fantasize about being able to buy my lunch for five bucks, including drink, <laughs> <laughs> and but. I'm I'm cheap, but I see exactly right. where you're going. But right. and if you can you compare any truck to, uh, you know, a car, yeah, the resale value on a truck is is almost double of what a car would be. So yeah, you're you're right. They're not they're definitely not cheap. But when I'm looking thirty five thousand dollars for a, a Ranger XLT, and I'm looking thirty nine thousand dollars for an F one fifty XLT. It's hard hard to dis- differentiate the two, but if right. you did that Transit Connect base or Focus base mini truck, you know my Transit Connect was twenty one, twenty two grand. That's a significant difference, and I understand that twenty grand is the new ten thousand dollar car, and I think that would really throw a lot of these things into the marketplace because your industries would be behind them, just like they are with the Transit Connects, and I'm going to say the. Mercedes Metros and the NV2000 or 200 or whatever Nissan calls theirs. You know, these little vans have proven that we don't need the big vans in all a lot of the city stuff. There are, you know, there's, I guess, the introduction of all these mini trucks. And I think when we start seeing Tesla's introduction of the, their electric truck, provided we get there, and I can't remember the new company, but they're really radical. I can't remember the name of it. 
Riven yeah. van or something like that? Yeah, with, with their electric truck, I think we're going to see something that's more of that Ranger Colorado size, maybe just a little bit smaller, which makes a lot of sense because it makes it a little bit more efficient. And even though Tesla is going to tout that they tow 60s, you know, whatever number we want to make up and have all this pound feet of torque, and that's where I guess I'm going to transition from the mini trucks, you've still got to stop it. And <laughs> that's always been a concern of mine is the towing ratings go up and to- oh, go up and go up. And if I've got a six or $7,000 electric truck, do I really care that I can tow 20,000 pounds with it? Is it really going to be able to control it in a panic situation? And now we're dealing with F450s and heavy-duty GMs that are pushing 36,000 pound towing capacity. I've towed a lot. Uh, I'm not sure. I know Derek's towed some. Nobody on this podcast has towed more than Will. What's your thinking, Will? Are we getting a little bit ridiculous in these one-ton, just one-and-a-half-ton trucks with telling you you can tow 35,000 pounds with your truck? At this point, I'm thinking, I really need a tractor. Um, Absolutely not. For small businesses like mine, you know, the maintenance on a dually is nothing compared to a maintenance on a tractor. We can still tow whatever we need to tow all the way across the country and drive our dually to dinner every night and, you know, go to places and, and actually use it around the shop as a shop truck throw stuff in the bed or go to Lowe's and pick up blasting material or, or whatever. So, and you've got a 16 Chevrolet 3,500, right? Right. Right. Crew cab, yeah. crew cab dually. So what's it, what, what's its to- towing rating? And yes, you tow, you tow fifth wheel or at least gooseneck. Uh, we're, we're gooseneck. I don't really know the towing capacity of it. I cannot remember, but I mean, we haul a 48 foot enclosed trailer with, two cars and a ton of crap. We can go up any hill. We can go down any hill. There's never any issues. I, you know, they're, they're just gonna, they're just gonna keep making them where it tows stuff like that easier and easier and easier. And, you know, going through, you know, as long as you're not going through the mountains, you just set the cruise on whatever you want to set the cruise on and go. Uh, it's comfortable. You can, you know, get in and out of places. I mean, I'm, I love our dually. And I'll buy another one here in the next couple of years, probably. I just keep making them bigger and better and stronger as far as I'm concerned. You do, and your dually's gas or diesel? Oh, it's diesel. Definitely diesel. You don't want to go gas burner that way. And I'll tell you, if they start making them electric, I'm going to choke somebody. <laughs> well, I think we'll, I think General Motors and Ford will at least go hybrid, some sort of dual thing before they go that way, but... Well, I mean, uh, why not? You could, well, it would be an interesting theory, but, you know, you could you could go over to some type of diesel-electric hybrid. Are, are you going to steal my RV idea where we have a diesel generator that powers the four electric motors on the wheels, just like we do locomotives? Well, yeah, <laughs> just like a locomotive. I mean, it, it's been done in the past in the automotive industry. The Owen Magnetic was very similar to that. It was a Although that was a gasoline internal combustion engine, it was basically set up much like a diesel electric locomotive where it was the simply the power plant to charge 
the electric motors or ba- you know the batteries and and generate electricity for the the electric motors in the rear wheels so at at what point in time does getting rid of lithium ion batteries cause more trouble than a diesel going down the road cuz you know that can't be uh you don't just you can't just throw them in the dumpster you know now you're looking at it from uh, the practic let me offend everybody you're looking at it from the practical automotive thinking not the green environmental thinking with that will but it's kind of what Derek and I've talked is if you did it with the you know the the motor generates the electricity and as a conduit to the electric motors the battery technology doesn't really need to be there the everything's there I'm not even going to get into the electric hybrid really too much in, in that debate. Right, we'll, we just know we'll, we're going that, that way. That's, Let, that's, a, that's for another episode. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah, where, where, for another episode. where I was leading to and asking you about gasoline or diesel, Ford just came out with this huge new big block motor. Everybody, I believe, now offers a diesel in the half tons. You know, Ford's got a three liter V6 power stroke diesel for the half tons and that which I guess makes you feel a little bit better on your half-ton truck. I'm not really sh- sure why. A little bit better towing capacity, a couple of miles a gallon better, uh, maybe a little bit more longevity. But that's something the market's clamored for. And even Jeep, we, I forgot Jeep's introducing a pickup truck in 2020, but is going to have diesel-powered Wranglers and stuff, bringing diesels back to the Jeep lineup, something they haven't done since the mid-'80s. Now, don't forget, John... And if I remember right, I'm, I'm I'm actually double checking right now, and yes, I do remember it correctly that even the small series Chevy and GMC have a diesel now. The Canyon has a diesel engine, right? So they it's, do. it's even below the the half ton full size pickups, even in the small series now. So I guess the diesel, I mean, it's diesel technology, and we're not talking 1980s Oldsmobile diesels anymore. We're talking, you know. Pretty clean, burning, very efficient motors. Another, another option, and it's all this technology coming into trucks again. It's trucks just kind of rule the, this this world. I mean, I understand high profitability, uh, the little sales things. Uh, you know, Ford supposedly has this lock on the market. And everybody's fighting for second. That's one of these articles that MSN published and. You know, the numbers are kind of right there, and they're saying General Motors and Dodge are duking it out for number two. And I think when you separate GMC and Chevy sales numbers to Dodge, I think Dodge would have a fight. But you're talking a million F-150, 600, 700,000 GM products lumped together and 400,000 Dodge products. You know, two million pickup trucks a year, that's a good chunk of the automotive market. I can see why a lot of these technologies are coming. What do we think of tailgate technology? That seems to be the hot topic for the everyday consumer. I loved, and I thought it was the dumbest thing in the world, uh, the step that was in my uh, 2012, yeah, 2012 F-150. I had the tailgate step. Everybody thought it was stupid when I got it, but once you used it a little bit, it made sense. Was it worth a $300 upcharge? Probably not. I understand. I understand the tailgate step. 
I have a 2010, so F-150, so I don't have the tailgate step. I understand it for, you know, old guys that like John that need it. Yeah, that was a dig at you, John. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I think of old as distinguished. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up around the farm, grew up with trucks. I mean, I know how to just use the bumper and swing yourself up into the back of a truck. It's not that big of a deal. But I can see where the tailgate step is a logical advancement for creature comfort within unloading and loading the back end of a pickup. What I don't understand, I need somebody to explain to me, I think, why do we need a 60-40 split tailgate on the new Dodges? If I remember right, it's Dodge that's doing it, right? I got that right? Yeah. Dodge is doing the 60-40. What do you need a 60-40 split tailgate? This makes no sense. Somebody help me out here. Okay, I gave Will a chance. I understand. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> I, I understand the 6040 on the Dodge. I don't necessarily understand all the functions because I haven't used it of the six way tailgate on the, the GMCs. I uh, know GMC gets a six, six position tailgate, Chevrolet gets a little bit lesser. But when you, because John's a small guy. And this is why I like my tailgate step. I remember back in 94, 95, I fantasized about owning a Dodge 3500 Dually. And when I walked up to it, it came the corner of the bed came to my shoulder. I couldn't reach into the bed. But yet a half ton, I could kind of, you know, our two-wheel drive, I could reach into the bed. By the time I got my 12 F-150, the bed was again at my shoulder. And you really couldn't load it and get in and out, like Derek said, stepping on the bumper and hopping in. It just didn't quite work the same way. What the tailgate does in the 60-40 tailgate is if you're 5'7", like me, or 5'4", or 5'2", and you're driving your behemoth of a truck, and you go grocery shopping with it, or you go to Home Depot and you buy a Delta faucet and a couple flats of flowers, and you want to load them into the truck, if you lower the tailgate, you've got to reach across this two-and-a-half-foot expanse of metal to get it to the tailgate, where the 6040 allows you to op- swing it op- swing the, the tailgate open. And in 6040, you don't have to have four or five feet behind the vehicle. You're only opening two, two-and-a-half feet out into the parking lot or if you're parallel parked, you're not opening into the guy behind you to to help you load the vehicle without getting dirty and without having that reach. That's, in my opinion, the whole thinking is being able to access access the bed a little bit easier for smaller people. Whether or not you buy that, I don't know, but I, it does make a little, it makes sense to me. I think the reason Dodge went that way is we forgot another pickup truck on the market, if you call it a pickup truck, and that's the Honda Ridgeline. Its tailgate works both ways. It folds down and it has that single swing out thing like the old Grand Marquis station wagons of the 70s and that, the old Caprice Classic station wagons, where you could lower the tailgate or it swung off to the side and it allows you to walk right up to the vehicle and load and unload. I think that's the whole reason behind the 6040. Like I said, the general or the the GMC one doesn't make sense because it still folds down, and then I can fold down another section of it so I can get closer to the truck, but it's still kind of in the way. 
Uh, that one, I guess it doesn't make sense, but the 6040 of the Dodge does. The Rambox storage system doesn't make sense to me, but that's a whole other story. All they're doing is dumbing this crap down. People that's never drove a pickup truck can go to the store and buy freaking groceries. If you have trouble putting crap in the bed of your truck, it's real simple. They all need to be lowered anyway. Lower it so you can get to the bed of your truck. I mean, no, 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 no. You lift a truck. No, 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 no. Lift no. a truck. No, truck. We've had this conversation be before. We have had this conversation. You lift a truck. And we established you lower a truck. See, there you go. Done. And no, no, in all reality, I mean, it's again, they're cater- they're catering to their market. They see the people buying the mark buying. I mean, to me, they're reaching. You know, you're reaching for something that to me is just stupid. I mean, I'm sure I, one day I'm going to own a truck that's got the most stupidest tailgate you've ever seen before in your life because that's where it's going. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's it's as trucks advance, they make these changes. They they evolve over time. And one of the big things is that they're evolving to become more and more a family friendly vehicle. And I'm sure back when Dodge introduced the, you know, the the quad cab, the the extended cab that had the short doors that opened up to get into the back seat easier. If podcasts had existed back then, there would have been three idiots like us sitting on a podcast saying, why do they got to do this to a pickup truck? What was wrong with it before? You don't need this door to swing open. That's my take on it, is that it's just one of the you know steps forward in in we're getting away from automobile manufacturing by the american auto manufacturers so they've got to make the small series and even the large series trucks the family friendly vehicle that people are going to be looking for i i mean i understand that that side of it the corvette wouldn't be what the corvette was if they didn't keep pushing the envelope and you know putting money and time into making things you know, better and more efficient and and faster and stronger. And and so I, I see that side of it. But it's not that difficult to put something in the bed of a truck. You know, you let the tailgate down, put your stuff in the bed of your truck, and you go on about your business. It's not a difficult thing to do. It's going to be more difficult like the GMC. I'm I'm a I'm I'm more of a a GM truck guy than I am a Dodger Ford truck guy, but it's more of a pain in the butt to fold your tailgate down twice than it is to do it once. I'm going to let my tailgate down. I'm going to set my stuff in the bed of the truck and I'm going to shut my tailgate and I'm going to leave. I'm not going to open my tailgate and then open my tailgate again and then open my tailgate again so I can get in the bed of the daggum thing. I'm going to hop over the bed and I'm going to get in there. I got to get in there. But, Will, so, Will, you're missing the thing. You you take your key fob out, and you push the button twice, and by the time you get to the truck, it will have lowered the first tailgate, and it will have lowered the second tailgate, and you you don't have to do anything. But you still got to shut them. <laughs> they don't shut themselves. No, no, no. They, they, you'll push the button on the side just like you do on the vans now, and it'll just automatically go up. And if you're not now, seriously, if yeah. someone hasn't introduced this yet on a tailgate, I think we just gave one of the auto manufacturers a million I think, dollar I idea. Think, 
the GMC, that's an option. Yeah, I think the I think the I think the Denali has a a power tailgate. But oh, you, right. I, think, I think you do have to shut it. But I think it will open with the push. Well, button. I think you, the human having to shut it is only for probably another year or so. If they've already got it where it lowers itself, they're going to make it raise itself. Well, they've already got the assist struts, which. Okay, I added to my F one fifty so that the tailgate cool. cl- closed e- easier. And because I think I, I can't remember what it's the the new tailgate on the General Motors. Tr- I mean, it adds like it's either eight hundred ninety five or twelve hundred ninety five dollars to the price of the truck. And I think it ad- it it adds somewhere in the vicinity of a hundred pounds to the tailgate, which is a lot of freaking weight, if you ask me. Trying to make, you know, okay, let's do an aluminum bed so we can save 18 pounds, but we're going to put 100 pounds on the tailgate. And the Dodge isn't much better. It's either 895 or 1295 or 1395. And it adds 60 or 80 pounds to the tailgate again. And you've got Ford over on the other side clamoring, oh, we built aluminum trucks so we can save, you know, 23 pounds on the whole truck. Uh, It's... Some of this logic doesn't make sense. Like I said, the the Dodge tailgate makes sense to me as a small guy. Will's a little bit bigger than me. I understand exactly what he's saying. I guess I would have never seen the importance of it. Again, it goes back to, and I'm going to allude to my Transit Connect. I absolutely love the barn doors on the Transit Connect. It's kind of why General Motors did the uh, barn door rear on the Astro minivan when they could do that is... It, the rear window opened up, and then they had two little, the lower half opened up as barn door, so you could approach the van and load it and unload it easier. I don't know, but, you know, it's tailgate tech seems to be, it was the big thing at the Chicago Auto Show. Yeah, tailgate tech is definitely one of the things that they're reaching for to try to steer somebody their direction, whether it's a, a multi-pivot step down so your dog can get in the back or your grandmother can get in the back or whatever, you know, but it's not going to sway me one way or another. matter of fact, if there's an option to get just a regular old tailgate, guess what? Will Posey's going to be getting a regular old tailgate. Good thing. Will Posey owns a street rod shop or hot rod shop. He's going to kick my ass next time I see him. A hot rod shop that can build him a traditional tailgate. That's right. Oh. Just weld up those seams of the sixty forty and put a standard uh, standard drop on it, and you're all good. I'll just build me a new one. There you go. Now, but you know what? I uh, truly what I think a lot of this is, and yeah, you know, we're normally we're talking about the collector car hobby, and yeah, you know, we've already talked a little bit about the mini trucks coming. You know, a mini truck, you know, culture coming back. I think one of the big things that's going on with all of this advancing technology and tailgates that lower themselves and minivan back hatches that raise and lower themselves, we just have to look at the fact that we're removing more and more of what they're doing is removing the human from the automobile so that we can get closer to autonomous vehicles. So I think all of these things that we're talking about with the the technology going in and and some of that. I mean, one of one of the other things I notice is, uh, you know, we're we're talking about towing and tailgates and all these different things. Is it? I believe it's the new Chevy 
that's got the 360 degree camera system, but the one that points rearward is like capable of putting together all of the images and making like a x-ray vision through your trailer. And I think it works with some camera technology, probably even in the trailer, uh, you know, wiring. Have you guys seen that? Ford also offers a 360 camera uh, starting in the 17 model year. And so does Nissan, I know. And I was going to say something about that back when Will was going off on, you know, if you can't drive a pickup truck. That, you know, that 360 technology, excuse me, I I, I think is good. It's it's a problem, but it's good. I've got the Bliss system on my SHO. I had it on uh, my Edge, which is Ford's blind spot detection system. And it's a wonderful piece of technology. My biggest problem is the other two cars in my driveway don't have it. So sometimes I get into my van or I get into the BRZ. And I'm driving down the road and I look in my mirror and I don't have an orange dot and I try to move into somebody. But that's me being a stupid driver. And it leans back to what Lil was saying is some of this stuff is dumbing down the driver. Much like the hybrid talk, I don't know if I want to get into the autonomous car talk and AI. I had a really long conversation today with somebody about who's in the artificial intelligence game, and that's his business. And he was talking about that in the next 10 years or so, he goes, there will not be any computerized system that does not involve some sort of artificial intelligence. And again, we're recording this on Wednesday, February 20th, and on Facebook I had some post about that. Within 50 years, we went from Kit being a fantasy to the Night Industries 2000, you know, if this takes place by 2030, it's a believable thing. Yeah, this whole trailer stuff is another one of those things. If you're not comfortable pulling a trailer, don't pull a trailer. Just because your truck has technology that helps you pull a trailer and you got to rely on that, keep your butt at home and don't go borrow your buddy's trailer, okay? It's that simple. I kind of agree with you. If you haven't taught yourself how to drive a trailer, and we've we've got a really good video we're going to put up this week of trailer technology and trailer sway in that and what happens. Everybody's got a system to help with that. But if we're not, if you're not comfortable, you're in trouble because the systems help you drive that trailer faster. And then what I always say, and because I'm an overall pessimist in this world, I always look at the bad situation, and when the bad situation happens, that technology, while it's going to do its best to help you, you better also know what it's going to try to do, or otherwise a bad situation's still going to happen. Hey, John, what happens when you talk and don't use your hands? I'm Italian. i got to use my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Your your tongue gets tied, right? Yep. I got... You know me. Got, I'm here. I got my hands moving. I got my eyes closed. I'm into that's this. Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey, we were we were driving. We were driving last night to uh, uh, Tennessee to to pick some stuff up. And my wife actually commented, "I was thinking about something, and my hands were moving." <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a good thing when you're driving. I'm thinking of going to the right. I'm thinking of no, going. No, no, no. <laughs> one one hand was on the wheel. The other one was actually gesturing 
well my brain was thinking. I was not no, saying no, no, no. You were you were you were jamming to rap music, and your hand was doing this number, right? That's really no, what was no. happening. Nope, not at all, not at all. That's just <laughs> yeah, but the the Italian half of me is just stronger than the Scottish, I guess. I don't know. I'm gonna, so anyway, back to trucks. Yeah, I was gonna work on uh, going towards trying to find an end to this uh, conversation, and we'll see where we go. See you later. The one that got me. Go buy a truck. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the stuff coming out of the Chicago Auto Show. Hey, the Ford F-150 Harley Davidson's back. We can get it. It's it's a factory ordered package and an uh, uh, additional company does the decals or whatever and puts the Harley logo and the bed cover on your F-150. And you get a nice F-150 for $98,000. Uh, GMC <laughs> GMC hey, go, comes go out buy an F-150 and take it over to Will's shop and he'll charge you 95000 to make it a Harley <laughs> yeah. GMC's Denali is, comes out today at $68,000 now I'll admit my 12 Lariat was a $60,000 sticker price truck with rebates and that I didn't pay that just for listeners yeah I'm waving my hands like crazy probably driving Will well, nuts. But when we talked about trucks 18 months ago, you know, Will's talking about a nice truck, leather interior, dually, crew cab, heavy-duty frame, everything. Four-wheel drive. Yeah, four-wheel drive. Got 60 grand into it. Maybe 70. I don't know. Wherever. But he's got he's got half the money that people are asking, or these companies are asking for half-ton trucks. Are we... Excuse me, but are we crazy? Why are we paying a hundred grand for a half ton pickup? That okay? I when I bought my van, I uh, keep going back to that. I looked at a Ford F one fifty XL, twenty two thousand dollars, dead base, short bed, standard cab. What did I add to the truck to give me seventy eight thousand dollars worth of options? I mean, that's Ferrari option territory. What do you guys think of the pricing of these things? Or have we just lost hey, our mind? Hey, if people pay for it, build it. I mean, that's kind of my motto here. I mean, if people want it, I'll build it. They pay for it. Guess what? I'll build you whatever you want. So, I mean, I I, I see it. Does that mean I'm going to go spend $100,000 for a half-ton truck to go to the store to have something better than the guy I parked next to? Why, Lord, no. I mean, I drive a 97 two-door, two-wheel drive Tahoe every day, okay? that No, I'm not saying I will never do it because one day there may not be an option but a $100,000 pickup truck. But I, I, I seriously doubt that Will Posey will ever spend that kind of money on a truck that I'm, I can't really use for my business or for work to make the money back. It's basic economics. I mean, it's supply and demand. For some reason, Americans love trucks. I mean, I drive a truck. I love trucks. I fall into that category of people who love trucks because I grew up around them. But it's basic, like I say, supply and demand. As we see, we're 
moving away from automotive production in this country or production of automobiles, cars, and moving towards more and more truck production because that's what Americans seem to want. So as long as Americans want that and they keep buying them at the prices that are out there, then like Will says, they're going to keep charging that price. If people stop buying trucks, they're going to get a lot cheaper. I got a guy sitting next to me just that just got rid of a truck and bought a car. So what's that say? Again, I think there's a, another bought a car. Another show topic. I still disagree that Americans don't buy cars. Or with that statement, Americans don't buy cars. Well, it can't be a blanket statement, but it is to Ford and General Motors. Well, that's true. But I'm, it's the majority It just means they can't build the cars Americans want because it seems Toyota and Honda seem to have that figured out. Well, that's so that's so true. just a just a little brief description here. Me and my family we don't own a car. The I, I, I'm pretty sure I have eight eight guys that work at Big Oak, and one of it's not even a spouse; it's a girlfriend drives a car. The rest either drive SUVs or trucks. Other than Holden, he just sold his truck and bought a Corvette. So Chevrolet ain't gonna quit making the Corvette, but. His wife drives an SUV. I got a truck. My wife drives an SUV. Uh, Shane drives a truck. His wife drives an SUV. I mean, that's, that's where it's at. On the flip side, my previous job, I'm trying to think about 20, I think it's well, 20, 25 people came in every day to work. I'm counting six SUVs in the parking lot. Everybody else drove cars. And I'm on the, you know, I'm on the fence because I drive either a minivan or a car. And how many of those cars were American? Exactly. Because yeah, there you go. none of them were. There you go. And, <laughs> and, and when you get out in more of a rural Alabama, like where I'm at, everybody drives a truck. That's rural but, America, though. That's, that's not right, just right. Alabama. That you're, is everywhere. You're exactly right. Now, I went to San Francisco a couple of years ago. And met up with a buddy of mine who I went to high school with, played football with, yada, yada, yada. And he's a machinist for the cable car company in San Francisco. He came and picked me up and he's in a Toyota pickup truck. And so we, you know, we're just buzzing down the interstate in, uh, in San Francisco. And, you know, we just get to talking about trucks and cars and, and he goes, man, nobody around here drives a truck. And he said, "I, I, you know, Ultimately, I haven't lived in Alabama in a long time, but I'm still from Alabama. You know, it's hard to live without a pickup truck. He bought a, you know, he couldn't, he, you can't really drive a full size pickup truck every day in San Francisco, but he went and bought a small truck and, but nobody else, he lived on uh, Almeida Island and like nobody else on the island had a, had a pickup truck. Nobody he works with has a pickup truck. And you just, you don't see pickup trucks out there unless they are strictly for work. You know, I mean, the, the car market's still large. The The truck market is definitely catching up for sure. Now, the truck market's definitely more profitable. It's somewhere around here. I've got some breakouts of how how much profit is made on a, you know, a vehicle or a car compared to a pickup truck. But it's exponentially greater on a truck. And then when you when you're selling hundred thousand dollar F one fifties, it's even more. 
the largest section of SEMA this year was the sport truck market, whether it's four-wheel drive, two-wheel drive, whatever. But the, the sport truck market was very, very clearly the largest market at SEMA. The hot rod industry is just kind of a little blip on the radar, which it's got a really strong presence at SEMA just because of the quality. Uh, but, you know, the between the, the imports, the American cars and and hot rods, the truck still overrode the the rest of the show. That follows through with what you said on last year's episode, too. As you said, it, it's grown every single year that you've went to SEMA, which has got to be going on seven, eight, nine years for you now. Right. And that it's just, you know, it's bigger every year. And there, I'm, there's no denying it. And I think it's going to get bigger with especially the introduction of the Ranger, the inter- the Jeep Gladiator. I really wanted to look and see what it's going to be priced at because I think I've whined on this show about wanting another convertible pickup. And guess what the Gladiator gives me? A four-door convertible pickup. That is kind of a pickup. Too much money, and we all know I have issues with FCA. But it's, you know, that there's a demand for things. Base price is $31,444. On a Gladiator? Yep. Yeah, they on their build their build thing on the website it didn't show show that, but yeah, thirty one grand it's not bad. But that would that would be a two wheel drive piece of garbage. Two wheel drive Jeep that's convertible and then it makes it easier to wait, lower. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> a there's two wheel no, a there's two no wheel, such thing as a dry two wheel drive Jeep. Exactly. A two a two wheel drive Jeep, you might as well just I ain't even going there. I ain't even gonna say what I should say. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like everything lowered. You know, if you own a two-wheel drive Jeep and you're a man, you wear panties. Okay? I kind of... Sorry. Sorry if we just lost a listener. Back... Emily Friendly. Back in... I said panties. Back when I bought my Dakota in 06, we were on... they The Dodge dealer was brand, brand new leftover model of your car. They had a Wrangler, and the guy said, "Yeah, you believe it? This thing's two wheel drive. They're making these two wheel drive now, and and I'm gonna go in with Will. It's your Rodeo Drive Jeep. But after I got thinking about it, I'd rather have a two wheel drive lower Jeep than a four wheel drive lower Jeep. And here, if I, if, I'm trying, I'm trying to make Derek cringe talking about lowering a Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> oh let's, no, let's, I don't really care what I don't care what you do to a Jeep. I just, whatever." I'm not a Jeep uh, guy. Sorry. You know, let's make some four-wheel drive Corvettes like we've seen in the past. Hey, I you know, there's a few of them out there. I mean, heck, we even got a front-wheel drive. That's right. More Mondays. Yeah. Hashtag. No no confirmation or anything, but my gut kind of tells me we're going to see an all-wheel drive Corvette in the near future. Why wouldn't we? Let's do it. And they're going to put a pickup bed on it too, so they sell more. <laughs> um, I actually, where did I? I just saw a picture of a uh, uh, C5 Corvette pickup. Well, they're going to redesign it, so they'll they'll put it'll be a pickup truck, but the motor will be back there, so there won't be room to haul anything. But it'll be a mid-engine, all-wheel drive Corvette pickup truck. I'm down. Okay, with that, I'm going to go to I'm bed. I'm sorry, were you, did, were you guys <laughs> want? I, I'm, no comment. Right, like I said, with that, 
I think we're done for tonight. <laughs> Hopefully we've made you think about the pickup truck market. We'll be back with some collector car talk next week. I hope so. Maybe it's all three of us. Maybe it's two of us. I don't know. <laughs> Will Will's, Will's fired after those comments. <laughs> okay. I'm out of here, guys. Later. Later. See you guys next week.